I see no reason why things like um, diagnostic uh, tools like uh, ultrasound devices uh, won't come down on the price as well. Of course, obviously, something as sophisticated as ultrasound, you're not going to get it down to the price of a, of a glucose meter or a, or a computer printer. But um, uh, as a capital investment uh, for, for many EMS systems, I think uh, we're not far from making it doable right now uh, uh, if it's not already doable. Well, certainly, I think that that's an interesting thought. And, you know, I, I kind of take a little bit different spin to this. Uh-huh. Now, I'm all about um, growing the career field. I'm all about the responsibilities of the paramedic. I'm just not all about these bells and whistles. And, and maybe, uh-huh. you know, as I, I thought about this topic, Kelly, as we were going to talk about it, I, I really kind of came up with a thought. Are, are you now being a, a, a dinosaur? Are you now being an old school medic? that you're not looking at the future to say that uh, this is something that could benefit our career field. But I got to tell you, I really don't know what place ultrasound in the field has on our, uh, throughout our daily responsibilities. And uh, I really would like maybe even have a little debate with you about it before we get into some of the, you know, some of the uh, uh, clinical applications for ultrasound in the field. And and this doesn't mean that I don't eventually come around and say that we need to put these on every single truck. But right now, I think the work that we have to do, we may – I'm for even paring down the equipment that we keep on the ambulance rather than adding more things that are are not going to give us the opportunity to treat the patients differently. And I think that ultrasound is one of those diagnostic tools that I'm not sure changes the way I'm able to treat a patient when I have this information, you know, and uh, so I'm interested to know what you think about that. Well, let me ask you this, Chris. Um, your experience pre-hospitally, what what was the majority, what setting was the majority of that experience in? Was it urban, suburban, rural, or super rural, or, or what most of your stuff was, was done in a city, right? Yeah, I did have, I did have a brief stint um, of a couple years doing some rural EMS. And certainly in those areas, I think that you have an opportunity to uh-huh. uh, have patients in your ambulances for one, two, two and a half, three hours of transport time. But even if you did, even if you were in a rural setting, how does this help you change your focus of treatment? Well, well I, I, wait a minute. Hang on a second. Okay. I, I, I'm getting away from your question. So that, that's the answer to my question is I've had a couple of years in the rural area, but okay. mostly I've been in the in the urban areas. Yes. I see it being extremely beneficial to the rural providers because, as you know, um, your experience in urban EMS, uh, even advanced life support in general is not as necessary in urban EMS uh, as it is a rural and super rural. Uh, I'm not saying that paramedics are useless in a city. I'm saying that when you can point yourself at any compass point, throw a rock and hit a hospital, um, the number and volume of advanced life support procedures you do kind of diminishes somewhat or the value of them diminishes a little bit Um, because you can give the patient a diesel bolus and get them to definitive care much quicker. Whereas a little further time assessing, stabilizing, packaging a patient in the rural setting is going to be time well spent when you're going to have the patient by yourself for the next 30 minutes to an hour or well over. Um, and I think pre-hospital ultrasound will fall under that same uh, thing because when you're in 
say, a super rural or frontier environment, and you're in Presidio, Texas, and the nearest trauma center is is uh, two hours away, or um, you can you can make a, a more intelligent decision about where the patient needs to go uh, and perhaps go to a smaller, more uh, closer hospital, um, and uh, pre-hospital ultrasound will help you make that decision. Um, you know, and well, that's wait, wait a second, they, wait a, wait a okay. second, wait a second. Wait a second. So let's go back to this, just this last comment you just said. Okay. So if you make the, so uh, give me a scenario here of a patient that you may want to use ultrasound on that you have to take two hours away to a, uh, maybe a trauma center or, or, a, a you know, a higher level of care type of, uh, uh, type of hospital. Okay. Well, First of all, trauma center triage criteria is it's the criteria are built on uh, or the, the criteria uh, factor in massive amounts of over triage. Uh, they would rather that we send many people to them that don't necessarily need their specialized care rather than miss one or two that does. Uh, and I think the reason that over triage factor is built in is because they recognize the the austerity of the pre-hospital environment and our lack of diagnostic uh, tools and acumen. Uh, so, you know, back in the day, you saw us triaging people to trauma centers based on mechanism of injury uh, and a few anatomical and physiologic criteria. And now that mechanism of injury has proven to be a, a fairly poor predictor of actual injury, um, the shift in, in triage criteria has shifted more toward uh, actual physical findings. Now imagine this, a um, if you had a patient with an abdominal injury, uh, uh, you think you might have a, uh, a hot belly on your hand or, or the patient's complaining of some vague abdominal pain and, and it's, it's kind of iffy whether it's a surgical abdomen or not, a fast exam may show the presence of free fluid or not. Uh, and if there, there's free blood in the abdomen, you know, the patient's obviously going to need to go to that trauma center and, and get a... Uh, exploratory surgery, perhaps corrective, uh, corrective surgery to, to stabilize uh, that injury. Whereas uh, a patient that doesn't have those ultrasound, uh, ultrasound findings uh, could potentially go to a smaller but still capable hospital uh, for non-surgical management of their injuries. Now, that's but one example, and there are plenty of others. I'm just using the FAST exam as a as fuel for my argument. And I think that there that are plenty of other applications in, in, in cardiac resuscitation, IV, uh, IV placement. Um, well, uh, hang on. Let's, let's, let's all get to those. Okay. But, uh, let's go ahead and use this one first with the hot belly. So, okay. you know, somebody has an injury and, uh, you know, we're in the field, we've got a hospital that we would respond to or that we would take the patient to. Hopefully that's a little bit locally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we start to talk about those bigger transport times of getting to higher de- levels of care, that's where those are going to come in. But there should be a local hospital or somebody that we're able to bring patients to locally. Now, in, in the case of someone that's having a hot belly, and depending on what the injury is, is depending mm-hmm. on the amount of blood that's going to be put into the abdominal cavity, is this a patient that we truly want to put in an ambulance and drive two hours to get them to definitive care, I don't think we'll have a viable patient by the time they get there. If we're going to take them to the local hospital and then the determination is made with the equipment they have there that there's a hot belly, isn't it easier to get a a helicopter in there and fly them back than it is now to take them 
by ground over two hours, three hours to a trauma center. So I think now the thought for me is, and I'm not saying you're wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's a switch because usually you are, but I, uh, I think. Uh, uh. I think that one of the things that you have here now is you have, are we delaying definitive care because of a new piece of equipment that says they've got a hot belly, there's blood in the abdomen, we need to take them to surgery at a trauma center two hours away, whereas we could take them to a place that has definitive care, a higher level of care than we are, and then they can fly them to the trauma center if that's warranted, if the the weather holds up, if uh, that's the opportunity that the patient needs to get you know, feeling better. So again, now I don't want this piece of equipment to change the structure of how we would deliver care in the field. 